Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And we are the hosts of Pet, pet Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. We want to thank our sponsors today, Pet Sitters Associates, Florida Pet Services Association, and our stupendous Patreon supporters. Like Barbara, Holly, Julie, Kylie, Liz, Kevin, Devin, Mary, Annabelle, Brandy, and Lizzie. Thank you all very much for supporting the show. We are so glad that you've gotten some value out of it and are appreciative of your support. Yeah, and if you would like to learn more about that, you can go to PetSitterConfessional.com slash support. So episode 356 was an introduction to what AI, artificial intelligence, is capable of. So if you want a brief overview of AI, go back and listen to episode 356. Today, we are going to do more of a deep dive into what it is and exactly how you can use it for your business. The first one I want to talk about is image creation, and these applications continue to get better. Check out our show notes for this episode or go to petcenterconfessional.com slash episodes slash 388 to see a few examples that we're talking about here. We currently use MidJourney to make our images. This is run in an application called Discord. So first on your computer, you download Discord, and then you go to MidJourney and you install that into Discord. Now you can make your images through a command that's you write imagine and then a forward slash, and then you can type whatever you want. Once you click enter, that's where the image generation actually takes place. And the key here is to be as specific as you possibly can. For instance, uh, we were writing a piece for our newsletter for clients about summer coming and them needing to book ASAP. And I wanted, I knew exactly what I wanted. I want a picture of a dog sitting on the beach wearing black sunglasses. So I wrote, imagine forward slash dog sitting on the beach in black sunglasses. And it spit out four options. And then you can pick from one of those four options about which one you actually want to generate or you want it to redo and recreate those. And you can kind of pick and choose and, and find your own adventure, basically, for the images that you're using until you find exactly the perfect one. So just because it spits out one, that doesn't have to be the end of it. You can actually have it recreate that image a few times. We've also been using AI images for the newsletter for Petsitter Confessional. I recently, the most recent one, wrote a cat running in a marathon. And it was pretty dang good, I think. I think it was pretty good. <laughs> now, you can also do these in Canva as well. But I know that the Canva ones right now are pretty inaccurate. They'll misshape the dog's eyes or give it only three legs. And they look very cartoony. And there's no way to really go in and say, make this more realistic. Make it less cartoony, really. <laughs> yeah, you can try writing hyper-realistic cat running in marathon, but it won't always do that. And that is an important point here of there are different AI applications and they have different strengths. Right now, MidJourney, in my opinion, is making some of the most photorealistic images out there. Canva and uh, OpenAI are doing more cartoony, more hand-drawn kind of images. Uh, there are a couple different other ones that have different strengths. So if you find that you like different styles or you need certain things, you may find yourself using a combination of these. Or, like for me, I like MidJourney because you can say cartoon drawing of cat running marathon, or you can say photorealistic, or you can say hyperrealistic, or some of these other adjectives to get to exactly what you want out of the image. And some AIs are not as good as that as others. Isn't there an application where you can insert a photo and say, remove this dog collar 
from the dog and it will do that. So kind of like a Photoshop thing. Yes. And actually Google announced one, something exactly like that at their recent Google IO um, last week or two weeks ago at this point where Google is rolling out AI for Google photos. So if you use Google photos to back up your photos, but here's your PSA back up your photos. Um, Google Photos, you can back up an unlimited amount of, of compressed photos, or you can use Amazon Photos. If you use pay for Amazon Prime, you get access to Amazon Photos to back them up. But in Google, you will be able to, once it is uploaded to Google Photos, scrub around on something and completely remove it. Or pick up a dog in a photo, move it over to the right, and then it will fill in what was supposed to be behind the dog. So you'll see a tree or you'll see something, see more of the playground or see more of the ocean. It'll auto-generate everything that that photo was behind that object. So you can actually make your photos exactly, maybe maybe you took that photo and you're like, oh, I'm off center or, oh, I didn't quite capture the balloon or I don't. You can now move those or add those elements back to a photo with Google, and that's that's rolling out later this year. Or maybe there's a dog tag that you don't want the phone number showing or a picture in somebody's home of their loved ones, and you don't want that shown on your social media either. You can go in and remove that. That's actually a big one as far as the dog tags. If We, we take so many photos of those. Those kind of become invisible to us. But before you post that, scanning and going, oh, is there sensitive information in here? Well, using some of these AI features in these photo apps, now you can just go and quickly scrub that out, where before you had to export it into Photoshop or in another you know, desktop version of these apps. It can all happen on your phone now. Another great way to use AI is in your policies. So we talk about this all the time, your policies and procedures in your business. This is one that we have been using a lot more of, getting our SOPs, our standard operating procedures down pat and making sure that we aren't missing anything. AI can really help with doing that because it really is a lot to write from scratch. So we have turned to OpenAI or ChatGPT and asked it, some scenarios for our SOPs. Yeah, asked it for help. <laughs> and again, we will also have samples to these in the show notes so if you want to see this, but we'll read through some of these. Basically, I, I wrote, write an SOP for employees about personal safety while performing dog walking and pet care visits. Include needing to carry spray shield, checking exterior of home before leaving car, and ensuring lights are on at night for safety. And it generated an entire five-page SOP with multiple bullet points, with examples, with points to remember and consider. It also had included there some of the HR stuff of, you know, updates to this SOP will be communicated through company communication channels on a regular basis or at least once a year. And this is version one and blah, blah. It included all of that in this SOP format. And it was amazing. I mean, was it was it perfect? No, it wasn't perfect. We had to go back and edit and add our own flair and our own things to this, but it was a great place to start. Another one that we did, we asked, generate an injury reporting form for employees. And it spit out an entire document of multiple lines. It had all these sorts of questions. Where did it happen? How did it happen? Did you seek medical attention? Please attach photos. Here's your signature. Here's a date. And we could copy that and put that in and made a PDF form out of that for if anything happens. We also asked it for an SOP for how to avoid common work-related injuries while dog walking and pet sitting, including good stretches and care for your feet. So we were able to quickly generate dozens of SOPs by simply giving it commands. And again, we had to go in and edit and make sure that this is what we wanted to say and how we wanted to say it and insert our company name and all of this. But like you said, it's a great starting point. Yeah, if you're staring at this going, I don't even know where to start. 
where your first instinct would be, okay, let me see if I can go buy a packet or I can go buy something. If you can turn to ChatGPT and have it spit out five pages worth of something to you that you can then go edit and make your own, that's a lot faster. It's a lot quicker and it's a lot, it's a much easier way to adapt those policies and change them. And you can actually, what one really neat thing about ChatGPT is that while you're, you say, say you spit out that SOP, you can actually say back, rewrite and make shorter or rewrite and expand for Missouri or wherever you live so that it can make some specific changes for your area. Now, with that caveat of it's not a lawyer, it's not uh it, it's only up to date as of 2021, so there are limitations, but you can you can start crafting these things to make them hyper specific to you. With that caveat always, I've got to go back and edit and look at this and make it my own. And we keep saying chat GPT and open AI. To clarify this, open AI is the overarching umbrella. It is the open research uh, organization that has created ChatGPT. ChatGPT is a product from the the organization of OpenAI. They've also made a photo generation app called Dolly, or and now it's Dolly Two. That's the second generation for photo, making photos. I'm not a big fan of that. Again, I, I really like Midjourney, but all these terms could be a bit confusing. OpenAI makes ChatGPT and it makes Dolly Two. And right now we're talking about ChatGPT for creating policies. Well, okay. So OpenAI just announced a app for chat gpt on iphones only android is coming but you are able to download that app from the app store on an iphone and you don't have to go to their web browser anymore yeah it makes it really fast it's really a a, a fast app again all this is happening server side so you ask the question their servers churn through the question and they spit it back to you on your phone so you do need a good uh, internet connection but most of us work on our phones full-time anyway so it makes it a lot easier one aspect of ChatGPT that most people probably don't know about is you can actually take text, copy it, and then paste it into the chat window for ChatGPT and ask it questions about that text. Things like, does this text make sense? Or something I do an awful lot, proofread this, <laughs> check for spelling errors. Oh, or e- no, I'm out of a job now. <laughs> no, 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 you're still better. Uh, or even something like rewrite and or make shorter, make condense this, summarize this text. That's something great. So if you find a really long article, you can copy that article, paste it into ChatGPT and write summarize or what are the five main points from this article? And it will give you them, right? It will It will find those things. Is it the five main points you would pick? Maybe, maybe not. Again, it's just generating this from the context of the article. So always take that into keep in mind. But you can actually put information into this in via text and get get and ask questions about it back from it. And it's a that's a really powerful move that you can do, especially if you are looking at policies, if you're looking at procedures, if you're looking at new documents about training or behavior, nutrition stuff, and and get some good information back to you. Something that's as awesome as AI is Pet Sitters Associates. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. And that's why Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, they've provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. Because you work in the pet care industry, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetsitLLC.com. You can get a discount when joining by clicking Membership Pet Sitter Confessional and using the discount code CONFESSIONAL when you go to checkout. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PetsitLLC.com. 
How many times have you had a client reach out to you and you don't know exactly how to respond to them? There are entire Facebook groups dedicated (laughs) to this. So when you don't know what to say, you can ask ChatGBT, how do I respond to this client? This is really huge. You know, you can give it text of what the client has said and you can ask it how it would respond, you know, in a professional kind manner. Yeah, here's here's an example. I I I I pulled this from Facebook just the other day of some random post. This is the what the person posted. They said, "I'm looking for help telling this one client that update on their dog will be given in my working hours of 9 to 5. I do this as I like to have my time where I am not having to text clients on my evening downtime. I understand they have their babies, but there needs to be some level of trust and personal time for myself. This one client has had their dog stay with me three to four times now, and she still texts me after 5 p.m. sometimes. It's at 11 p.m. asking her do- how her dog is doing and how she's behaving. This happens every night, even though I give her an update during the day. I've ignored them before and answered during open hour, but she's not getting the hint. I just feel like I need to tell her. It's getting annoying now especially since I don't have a separate work phone, so I can't just turn it off. I took that entire text, and I pasted it into ChatGPT. I didn't even ask a question. I didn't even say respond to this or anything like this. I can tell that your love for your pet runs deep, which I deeply admire and respect. One aspect of my service that I take great pride in is my commitment to providing regular updates on each pet under my care during my working hours. This is to ensure that you are consistently informed about your pet's well-being. However, I have noticed that we've been communicating outside of these hours, often late in the evening. I want you to know that I value and appreciate your deep concern for dog's name, and I understand the worry that comes from entrusting a loved one to someone else's care. In order to provide the best service to all my clients and maintain a balance between my professional and personal life, I have set specific working hours from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. During these hours, I am fully available and committed to answering all questions, providing updates, and discussing any concerns you may have. Outside of these hours, I ask that you please trust that dog's name is in safe hands and will be cared for. I assure you that in the case of an emergency or situation requiring immediate attention, I will reach out to you right away, regardless of the time. I understand that this might be a change from our previous communication pattern, and I hope that it doesn't cause you any inconvenience. I believe this will help me to continue providing the highest quality pet service to you, your dog's name, and all my other clients as well. Thank you for your understanding and cooperation. Please feel free to reach out during my working hours and any questions and concerns. Best regards, your name. Well, and then it had a little caveat at the end here. It says the key here is to be, this is to the person that just typed in that. Too. Yeah, this is, this chat GPT gave that response and then it also gave this little nugget at the end. The key here is to be respectful, understanding, and assertive, ensuring the client that their pet is in good hands while establishing a clear communication boundary. So what you just read, Colin, was very lengthy. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> me personally, I am not that wordy when I send responses. I would cut probably about at least half of that down. However, it would give me some very good guidance as to how to respond in a professional manner to that client. Well, and then let's say you got that response and you're like, oh my gosh, that doesn't sound like me at all. Uh, Well, you can then edit it or you can just respond back to ChatGPT and say, change that response. Uh, Maybe respond in a more direct and firm manner or respond in a kind and compassionate way. And it will change entirely what was written to meet that new criteria. So you could say, make that shorter or make that more firm or make that more direct. And that simple prompt will actually cue it to rewrite what it just gave you in that new way that you want it to do for your business. 
Just like ChatGPT is useful in communicating to clients, whether it's text or email, it's also useful when generating business emails. And I know we have started to do that as well, of going, I want to write about this topic, but I don't know exactly where to start. Or if you have a hard time cold calling, cold emailing, cold contacting others, this is something that will be really beneficial for you. Now, we, we are personally always trying to reach out to other businesses, to partner with them, and grow our little circle of influence and, and, and grow our community that we are connected with. Here's an example of something that I put into ChatGPT. I wrote, Write an email to a pet-friendly restaurant asking to partner with them for a pet-related event this summer, and then I'd like to sit down with them to talk more about it. And this is what it gave me. It even gave me the subject line for the email. It said, partnership opportunity for a pet-related event this summer. Dear restaurant manager's name, I hope this message finds you well. My name is my name, and I'm a professional dog walker and pet sitter in our community. Over the years, I've had the privilege of serving many pet owners in our area, and I've come to realize how much our community values and cherishes its pets. This summer, I am planning to organize a pet-related event aimed at celebrating our love for pets and strengthening the bond within our community. Given your restaurant's well-known pet-friendly ethos, I believe a partnership between us could be greatly beneficial. I am envisioning an event that not only caters to our community's pet owners, but also provides an opportunity for local businesses like yours to showcase their commitment to being pet-friendly. This could potentially include special menu items for pets, pet-friendly spaces within the restaurant, and more. I would be delighted to sit down with you to discuss the opportunity in great detail and explore how we could make this event mutually beneficial. This would not only be an excellent platform for engaging with the community, but also a chance to increase visibility and patronage to your restaurant. Please let me know if you're available for a meeting in the coming weeks. I am flexible and can meet at a time and place that suits you, whether that's at your restaurant or elsewhere. Thank you for considering this partnership. I look forward to the possibility of working together to create an event that celebrates our community's love of pets. Best regards, your name. Again, I feel like that's quite verbose, but make it your own. Make it how you would sound and the language that you would use. But it's a great jumping off point. And that was still pretty generic. In the writing prompt, you could, if you know the name of a pet-friendly restaurant, if you know the owner, if you know the name of your event, if you know more specifics about it, give it that information and it will spit all of that out and include that in the kind of email or document that you're trying to create. Again, you, you don't have to go, oh, just write an email to a restaurant. If you know the name, say, write an, e- write an e- email to insert name of restaurant that you know here to talk about the event that I want to do on these dates, on these times, at this location, and it will put all that together for you. And then you can take it and structure it and move it the way you want. I think one of the coolest ways of using OpenAI and ChatGPT, other than the image creation, which I love doing the pictures, is how you can use it other ways in your business other than content creation for social media or your emails. And one way to do that is with marketing ideas. It can generate those as well. So if you ask, where would I target high net worth individuals in Austin, Texas for dog walking and pet sitting services? And obviously you could replace your exact town and the exact services you offer along with your ideal client. But if you, I typed that in and what it gave me was, it was pretty cool. It said high net worth individuals in Austin, Texas are typically located in affluent neighborhoods and frequent upscale establishments and events. Here are some specific areas and venues you may consider for your marketing efforts. And then it gave five neighborhoods. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exact neighborhoods where I could go to and target those clients. So one of them was Westlake Hills. And then it said it's known for its high-end real estate, beautiful views, and excellent schools. Another one is Rollingwood, another affluent community close to downtown Austin with high property values. Yeah, it went to, for each of those five areas, it said not just what it was, but what it was known for. And then it gave five 
high-end establishments and venues that people, like, you know, high net worth individuals may frequent. So it gave, you know, just examples of luxury pet stores and it gave actual names of pet stores. In town, Bark and Creek, Dog and Kitchen Bath, Lofty Dog. It gave upscale vet clinic names. It gave country clubs to go investigate, luxury fitness centers and spas, and high-end farmers markets and events and where they were located. And you could go in and ask it. And I actually did this because it gave after this, it said, um, remember, personal referrals are often the most effective marketing tool. So providing excellent service to your existing clients can also help reach this demographic. I went in and asked it, how would I how would I make the most out of personal referrals? And it gave me five or six other ideas that would work for that. And you could ask it certain questions about each of the pieces of information that it gives you. Tell me more about the, the luxury fitness centers and spas. How would I ask them? Could you write, hey, ready for this? Write an email to a luxury fitness center and spa asking to partner with them on a pet-friendly event. Okay, now we're tying all of this together. Or include the name of this, this luxury spa to a client telling them that you're partnering with them. And now you you can really sit here and over the course of an hour or two hours, generate a bunch of content, a bunch of messages, a bunch of forms and documents that center all around this. Then you start pulling in the images for the luxury center and spa. Something I really like to do, <laughs> do is I ask ChatGPT, what prompt would I use to get the best picture of a dog for a luxury spa? And it will tell you a prompt. You can take that prompt. You can paste that in the AI photo generator to make a perfect photo for you. And all these things start tying together. And as you ask questions, as you give it more information and continue to probe and dig into this, that's really where you start getting the most out of this. Don't, it's not just write me a blog or give me five ideas. Then you ask questions about those ideas that it gave you. And that's where the creativity really happens. And the power comes in too. Right. And the power also comes in because the computer, the AI, knows about your community probably better than you do. I know you're very connected in your community and you, you know the different dog-friendly establishments and people know your name through word of mouth. But ultimately... The computer knows more about it than you and knows the history of your community and can pull from that as far as maybe there's been a dog event in the past and it hasn't worked out and you want to revive it. Well, it would know that. What's up, everyone? It's Doug the Dog Guy, owner and founder of Bad to the Bone Pet Care, and I am the vice president of the Florida Pet Services Association. We are so excited to have a jam-packed weekend for the first ever Florida Pet Services Summit which is going to be August 25th to the 27th at the Floridays Resort in beautiful Orlando, Florida. We're going to have over 16 interactive workshops covering everything from marketing and branding to finances and hiring being led by some of the biggest and best leaders in the pet industry. This is going to be an intimate event with limited availability, so don't wait to get your ticket at flpetassociation.org while they're still available. Again, that is flpetassociation.org. There are so many different ways that we can use AI in marketing and our content, but it's important to have that back and forth of just because it spits something out at you one time that you don't have to have that as the gold standard. You can go back and say, refine this and in whatever way, make it shorter, make it longer, make it more specific, more direct, you know, whatever it is for you. But you can go in and have that two-way conversation because it will keep reiterating the process. <laughs> it will. And when you ask how or why or give me more examples or change that, you, you are you are now imposing your thought process on the, the the model is what the model is that that's what this is it's when you start asking different questions or variations on things 
where that creativity can actually happen. I think that's really important to remember. Like you said, Megan, don't ever just take that first thing it gives you and spit that out there. Either you need to take that and edit it, or you need to have a back and forth with the AI going, okay, now refine this, ask these different things, because that's where the power really happens. These are just five areas that we're really excited about. Um, some things that are coming up, uh, and you know, every company is racing towards an AI future. Right? It really is. And Google's certainly no different. I mentioned the Google Photo things earlier. That's something that's really exciting. I mean, they have rolled out to Google Docs. You can actually enroll in the beta process, which I have, and it's a it's it using a it's putting AI in Google Docs. So if you use Google Docs, if you use anything Google for your business, they are putting AI into each one of their products. So if you open up a Google Docs, the little thing will hover over on the left-hand side. It's a help writer. You click that. You give it a prompt, and it'll spit out something. So it's kind of like the paperclip in Microsoft Word from <laughs> 1999. That was, how can I help you? Yes, exactly. Pretty pretty much. <laughs> Except much more powerful. Much more powerful. Canva also has something similar to this. It's not as robust as OpenAI's program right now. Um, they're using a, a different subset of that. But it is growing, and it will just get more and more powerful um, as they invest time and energy into that. Uh, they are also adding AI to things like for data analysis for for Google Sheets. Um, you know, instead of having to write functions in a spreadsheet to look at something like month over month or year over year, or you even asking like who are my top ten percent of my clients, you can import your data into an Excel into a Google Sheet, uh, and then you can just ask it, "What how what was my percent increase year over year?" Just write that a language. You just write that sentence. It will take that and it will do that data analysis for you. Microsoft Office is introducing this to all their suite of products with their AI version. And so Excel and um, Outlook and Docs and Slides, all of those things will be connected with one another. Google is doing this exact same thing. So you can just ask it, give me my revenue breakdown or what are my top services? You can ask these questions that you have about your business. Who are my top 10% of clients? How much money did I make per revenue service in March? Those specific questions are going to give you a lot of information back are now going to be just a simple sentence away instead of having to write complicated functions and strings and pivot tables and all sorts of that fun stuff. And where all this is going, it's, it's not just help me in Google Docs or just help me in Microsoft Word. What Where these companies are headed is they're trying to link all of this data together. So what Google is doing is adding an AI to your entire Google Drive, which is huge. Right now, if you go to AI, if you go to chat GPT, you're going to ask it a question. And it's going to pull from all of its known knowledge, and it responds with a predictive model. But what if, what if you're, you're a business and you have hundreds of thousands of documents in Google Drive? You've got all sorts of spreadsheets with financial history. You've got all sorts of written SOPs. You've got all sorts of, of other policies and procedures. Maybe even client data. Client. If you are pen and paper, you've got a piece of paper for every client. Yeah, you've got PDFs in there for manuals and trainings and education that you've taken over the years. What if an AI learned based off of the information only you gave it. You pointed at your own information. Google is now doing this. It's called Document AI. It's a paid upgrade feature to get access to Google Cloud. But you ask questions about certain spreadsheets and information patterns, and then you can write a document. So basically, you go to it and you say, um, look at look at 2022's financial data and write a report about how that year went. And it will do that. 
Maybe you're in Google Slides and you uh, need a, to make a, a slide talking about how business was or an image using an SOP that you had. It, it knows all that information about you specifically and can pull that information and make things for you and do things for you in your business. I assume that this would make selling a business much easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really. Would. Now, now this is a value add that you have of, hey, I have this AI in my business and it's feeding on all of this information and data that I can give it, that I can shove into it. And it's just going to get better over time. Something that's going to be really neat is, uh, let's say right now you can upload, you you can pay for a chat bot on your website, but you have to give it specific prompts to very specific questions, otherwise it won't respond. Well, imagine you had a chatbot that was fed your employee ham or was fed um, you know your your contract, your policies that were customer facing. So that when somebody came in and said, you know, what's the cancellation policy? Well, you don't have to write in this exact response for what is the cancellation policy. The chat bot will be able to look at your policies, look at your contract and go, oh, here's that information. And I can spit that back out to my client, person who's on my website. There is all become, it becomes a personal AI, right? That's, that's actually what I think I'm most excited about is the personalization of the AI because the models are out there. The models are out there. They've been developed and they can be implemented in different ways. So it's it's basically knowing all of the information about Jessica's pet sitting or Bob's dog walking, knowing the intricacies of how it works and being able to communicate that to the client if the client asks a specific question. Yep. And and I know a big aspect of chat GPT, of the AI models, is data privacy. I mentioned earlier about the open AI, they, they release ChatGPT on your phone. Well, you write in that question that gets sent out to their servers somewhere. It's off location. Who knows where they are? They process there and then get spit back to you. Because the models are out there, people are doing weird things with them. So, <laughs> so what's happening is that it's becoming more and more accessible and ridiculously cheap. Uh, it's really not all that interesting, but I'm currently running a version of ChatGPT locally on my laptop, right? It doesn't have to go to a different server. It's on my laptop. Um, I don't, I'm, there's a version of it that is making our transcripts. So I don't have to go and upload our transcripts, upload our voice data and all that stuff to a different server. It can stay locally on, on our computer. So that doesn't, that's if they, that other service gets hacked. Well, our data is not out there. Data privacy is really huge and it's not an insignificant thing to consider when thinking about AI and our clients data and the privacy that they have. So if you have all of your data on your phone or on your laptop, right right now, it's a little buggy. It's a little buggy. It will only get better. But right now, you can download an AI model to your laptop and have it process that information locally to ask these kind of questions. So you don't even have to go to Google or Microsoft or these big corporations. You can do it all right on your own devices. And that... I get really excited about that because imagine having the power of an AI right on your phone that's locally on your phone, processing all information there, keeping all of your clients' data and information secret and secure without having to worry about other people looking at it. Well, that is a question I have because if the AI is learning all about Jessica's pet sitting and dog walking from your internal documents like your contract, how, how does it know to pull when – when a client asks a question, how does it know to pull the – 
client-facing documents and not the internal financials. So for the chat model that goes on your website, you would have it look at a small subset of documents. So you would only, so let's say you were using um, Google's chat feature, you would only, for that model, you would only upload the documents to it that you wanted. If you were running it locally on your computer, you would only point it, you'd only click and upload from a small folder that says these are chat AI's documents that it has access to and will only look at that folder and any documents that you put in there. For the other model that you're running, as far as if you want to ask questions about spreadsheets or data or make things for you, you could you could only upload a small portion of other documents to that as well. So you can keep them pretty separated because you're running two different AIs to do two different functions. And so as the AIs, we mentioned this actually at the beginning of the show, different image generator AIs are becoming more and more specialized. Same thing with this. There's the data analysis AIs. There's the creation AIs. There's the help AIs. There's the personal assistant AIs. All of those need different data to work and be well optimized. So feeding it good data is the first step in getting good output from that. And I assume for the chat bot on your website that's answering client questions, that would have to be internal in your specific website program like Squarespace or Wix or something like that, they would have that plugin available. Yeah, they would, or you could use third-party plugins for that. And there are a couple of different companies that do that currently. Of Here's an AI chatbot. Give us the data and we can, we can answer the questions that your clients have. If you know of other useful ways to use AI in your business, we would love to hear about them and share them out on the episode so all the other dog walkers and pet sitters can use them too. You can let us know and send us an email at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com or we are on Facebook and Instagram at petsitterconfessional. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you to Pet Sitters Associates and the Florida Pet Services Association, and we will talk with you next time. Bye.